Rick Madison, Rick and Friends, and uh, we are rolling through candidates, and today is no different. We have uh, another candidate for the mayor's seat, and we have Dave Habib in front of us. Hello, uh, Dave Habib. How are you? So, Dave, um, I want to find out, we're going we're gonna to talk about a lot of stuff here today, but the first thing I want to find out is why on earth would you want to throw your hat into the ring for being mayor like what what led you to this because obviously this is a huge step for you and 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 you know it's it's a big responsibility uh no question it's a massive undertaking it's going to be a massive learning experience it's going to take a lot of time um but the thing that drove me to this was looking and watching not only kids I work with on a regular basis, but my own children getting to the age where they're going to determine if Kelowna is going to be home as they grow old. And it's it's funny, I kind of look back and I, I remember a few years back when my grandson, uh, my first grandson was seven years old, and I watched him walk down my driveway, believe it or not, just walk down the driveway. It's about a 700-foot driveway from his home to mine on our, our property. And it was amazing how it made me feel watching on our, on your own yard in a secure property and your grandson's walking over to visit with you. It was absolutely one of the most precious moments that I always remember. And I think, isn't that unfortunate that a lot of members of our community who have grandchildren might not be able to see them on a regular or daily basis because they can't afford to live in our community? And that's what I found you know, that's what made me start thinking about things. COVID also made me think a lot when some of my neighbors lost their businesses and disappeared long-term uh, members of our community that ended up uh, having to move on uh, due to the results of COVID. It really made me recognize that the city didn't have a, a good enough plan. The province, even the federal government, didn't have a positive plan that was going to be able to help in that type of uh, instance. And I can tell you, I never ever thought I'd see something like that in my lifetime. And it was shocking. But those are the little things that kind of made me say, hey, can I make a difference? And then I started doing some research. And I really believe I can make a difference. Again, you know, I'm not going to change the world overnight, but baby steps. I think we can head in the right direction and start to get, start to b build gains and go in the right direction, uh, working as a unit with members of our community, uh, of course, uh, council, and uh, other community organizations that are out there trying to accomplish the same thing. If we unite, I really believe there will be, uh, we can gain ground. So there, there is a lot of, uh, if people Google Dave Habib, I mean, like I did, which is there's, different news headlines pop up so are you are you affiliated with a gang <laughs> no sorry never well the Kelowna boxing club would be the closest thing i would get to a gang of children that i'm working with are young adults but that's it okay uh do you launder money through nightclubs or anything else never in my history have i laundered a dime uh, i do have to wash money from time to time to put in the atms because it's sticky but that's it that's as far as it goes uh have you uh taken drugs yourself have you dealt drugs any of that stuff i've never bought sold 
or done any drugs, never popped a pill, never smoked a joint, never drank a cup of coffee or, or drank a can of Red Bull. So no, I've never done a single drug and I'm prepared to take a lie detector test and, and, sh and show that to the world. There's never been any narcotics. Anybody who knows me knows I don't drink alcohol. I don't do anything. And I can assure you uh, that uh, the RCMP have probably done enough research on me to vouch for me on that, in that regard. Do you own a strip club? No. Uh, I manage, I work at a club, but I don't own it. Okay. Now, let's say, <laughs> now that that's all, uh, all done, I want to talk a bit about um, what role do you see, you know, if you're lucky enough to get the votes to get into the office? What kind of, of, of person, what kind of leader are you thinking of being when you're, when you're looking at the city as a whole? Because, I mean, there's, it's fastest growing city. But with that growth comes some growing pains. So what, what kinds of ideas do you have as far as uh, Kelowna is concerned? What, what kinds of thoughts do you want to put forward today? Well, to, be, to, be, uh, to lay it out, here's what I believe. I believe, first of all, without the support of council, without the support of the community, I'm not going to accomplish anything. So I need to unite everybody and find common ground where there's give and take, because not everybody wants the same thing. Uh, some things matter to some and, and don't matter to others. But there are some common ground when it comes to our crime rate. There is some common ground when it comes to infrastructure. There is some common ground when it comes to affordable housing. Those are things where I think a lot of people can can come to a consensus that we, we can agree on something. But here's where, where I think the change will come. My ability to negotiate and communicate and be firm on what I believe, uh, provided the, the, the uh, stats are on my side. I, I'm not going to get into battles with people when they're never ending battles that you can't win. But if there is something there that's going to benefit our community, I battle tooth and nail and no one's going to outdo me. Uh, the, the facts are on my side. I'm not stopping. I'm not one of those guys who's going to play nice. And I'm, 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 and I'm not, you know, not, not going to be a pushover. I believe what I believe. And if, it's, if, if I can do something to change one life, I, I don't care what it is, I will fight for it. If it's going to give a mother the opportunity to have a, a roof over her heads, if it's going to allow a businessman downtown to to uh, deal with the people of, of theft or crime in his business, if it's going to make it safer for a girl to walk down the street not, at night, that's what I believe I need to do, even if it's one individual. And so I think as a, as a whole, that's where my heart is. That's where I go. And I think I've shown that by all the stuff I've done as a volunteer with the boxing club. I've uh, been the, uh, you know, running, being involved with the boxing club since 1979. Been the president of Boxing BC and on the executive with Boxing Canada. I've been the president of a private school here in Kelowna. And I'm president of the Standard, which is the nightclub pub association deal bi-monthly with the city, the RCMP, the liquor branch, and bylaws. So I have that experience and have made massive improvements in the incidents outside of nightclubs from 2013 to 2018. And we're still at an all-time low. So even though our uh, the incidence of crime is going up in the downtown core, the incidence in, in front of liquor establishments is is really dropped considerably. 
So is it because of the uh, the new process of how people scan in? Is that part of the reason why it seems to be uh, more of a system and a process to get into a nightclub, isn't it? Absolutely. It's, it's like checking in at the airport. You scan your ID. They confirm that that's you. You then go the th through the process of a pat-down, make sure you're not p packing any weapons or drugs. Uh, if you're packing anything that you shouldn't have, it's seized and taken away. Um, and, and and that's the system. If you if you have a ban on the scanning system because you've had incidents of violence or incidents of uh, of abuse in any situation, then we deny you entry. And so it does clean things up a lot, and that follows you. I mean, we're talking North America. It's it's actually a worldwide system, and it's getting to be more and more popular. But you're not getting into anywhere in another city or any city in the country if you're. Uh, banned in any location so this it sounds to me like you have to have a really good uh, relationship with the rcmp in order to make all of that work do you have that relationship with the rcmp i have an amazing relationship with the rcmp uh i just got off the phone with i won't say names but i just got off the phone with the rcmp today i talked to the rcmp when, when, when they had someone specifically designated up until 2018 with uh, the nightclubs, I, I communicated with them three, four times a week, you know, as required. Uh, now there is another individual that's taken over, a staff sergeant, and I communicate with him every few weeks to every, to every month. Uh, I communicated with Ryan Smith at the city the other day, and he said, Dave, we need to get back to it now that COVID's out of the way. Let's get our wheels back on the cart and get things going. I can tell you there's no question that my relationship with all of those individuals, including all other liquor establishments, is very positive. So it sounds to me like you've, you've figured out that you do need to have partners. You do need to have collaborators in order to achieve anything on a, on a wider scale like it's it seems like you've kind of wrapped your head around it can't just be you because you did mention it takes a community is that is that kind of what your strength is 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 uh being able to build that team and being able to build everyone trying to get towards the the higher goal which is of course a safer community there's no question i i believe this um i'm in an i'm in an environment where i get sworn at uh, and and people are offended that I can't let them in because they're too intoxicated. They'll call me 15 words. They'll go home. They'll come back a few days later and apologize. But here's what I will say. I don't care. You don't have to like me. You just have to believe that I can do the right thing to help you. And I don't care if people can't. I don't need help. I'm here to help you. That's, that's my goal going in. When I say on my, uh, on my signs that I'm in your corner... I've been in people's corners for the last 30 years, and I know what it's like to take somebody and take them and turn them into number one in the world. It's a long road. It doesn't help. It doesn't happen with just one individual in the corner. There's a team behind each and every athlete that successfully becomes number one. And you have to bring that team together. You have to work together. And everybody has to pull the same direction. I believe the same thing is here if we want to make our community better and that's truly the goal put all the arguing aside put all the violence aside put all the name calling aside let's get together because i assure you there is nobody there's nobody out there that i can't reach i've spent several years of my life in the last 10 years recognizing learning more and more about mental health 
not just because it's potentially in my family and I've had to deal with that, but I've come across so many individuals, especially even in today's world, how it's magnified, that there are issues out there. And only the only way you can get to the finish line is understanding how what these individuals are going through. And I can tell you, unless you've been through some of the things they're going through, it's very difficult to understand unless you go through it many times. And that's what's made me who I am today. When you look at a child, and when I say a child, I mean anybody under 50 because I'm an old man. I will tell you, your heart will break, absolutely break when you can't help them can't figure out a way to get through to them and you see them suffering but when you win and you see the change in that human being there is no bigger moment of gratification that you could ever find it's worth more than money it's worth more than anything you will ever touch when you see a child succeed a young individual succeed because you took the time patience to understand and tried to do everything in your power to get help for them and when they succeed, man, it's it's just unreal. So I saw in your uh, campaign video uh, that I watched on your page, uh, you were walking down the streets of Kelowna and you were talking to the homeless people. Was that for the camera or what was that for? You know what? Originally, it was just to walk around downtown to see, so people could see, look, this is what we're in, well, this is what we incur every day when you walk down our streets these these are realities of life that we're walking by and uh yeah so it wasn't there just for the camera it, it it's a reality anybody who's been downtown or goes through downtown sees it all the time and unfortunately uh i think it's very common in most communities in our country but it is something that really can be addressed you need a passionate heart you heart you need to throw some money at it but you need the right people in the right place to be able to reach those individuals. Who, when you look at Kelowna, and, and, and I think every candidate has their, their corner, and you know, I'm using your a boxing metaphor here. Who is in your corner for voters when you look across Kelowna? Who is going to vote for a Dave Habib uh, going into this civic election? I'm one of those guys who's actually quite blessed. I've been... I'm going to call it uh, using boxing as a vehicle to work with kids for the last 35 years. I've met a ton of parents. I've coached a lot of athletes from professionals, and I mean top-notch professionals all the way down. And I'll say this. I'm probably the luckiest because my range of individuals that I communicate with is from 12 years old to 80 years old on a daily basis. So anybody who knows me, I think it's going to come out and support me. I'm one of those guys for my age to be able to communicate daily with kids in there between 12 and 30 is unbelievable. I, I actually deal with kids every single day. And I can tell you, there are kids out there who have my phone number for anything they need. I just, I, I, I will say this, I, uh, in, in, in the past, I've, I've had three, in, three individuals that I've worked with that have committed suicide. And uh, one of them I saw the day before he committed suicide. Another one I saw a few days, and she was a local sheriff. And I dealt with her on a regular basis. And when you lose somebody like that, you question, how did this happen? How did I not see it? And I'll tell you, it's very devastating, especially for myself as an individual, not being able to. And I sit back and go, wow, 
what were they going through that they felt the only option for them was to leave? It's heartbreaking, but I'll say this. I then realized that I need to take a step back and learn more on how I could help these kids. And I, the one thing I've known and learned is learn that here I am, call me anytime. I love you. I hug you. And I say to upwards of 40 kids a day that aren't mine, that I love you. And I can tell you there's hundreds of kids in this community, and I mean hundreds, that call me their, their second dad. And so I never question their relationships. I never question their integrity. I'm just a support mechanism because I've learned that if they're fighting with mom and dad, you can come to me. And I'm not going to question what you're up to. I'm not going to ask you why you're doing it. I'm just going to be there for support. And it has been, it's made me who I am. And I believe, I'm not boasting, but I'm telling you right now, you will not be able to find a clone of me only because my heart is so big and I'm driven by the feeling in my heart. You know, it's kind of like an alcoholic. They got to have that booze. I got to have that feeling in my heart by reaching out and seeing a kid smile is just the most amazing, just unbelievable. When you have a kid whose parent comes to you and says, my kid doesn't communicate with anybody and phones you five years later and said, my kid is now a realtor. You've changed his life. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And you haven't, it, those moments are just, you can't replace them. I, I think no one would ever question your resolve when it comes to the youth. And I think with the mentorship and the boxing club and, and just really being building better humans, I, I think that's been well established. On When you're sitting down and let's face it, um, the council meetings I've attended, you see there's infrastructure, um, there's different, uh, like Parkinson Rec Center is on the docket, of course. There's various things that the city has to process. What what makes you capable of of being part of that and making sound decision making when it comes to a lot of these decisions are on planning and and the community. So, what would you bring to the table if you're lucky enough to win that seat? When I get in, here's what I'm going to tell you. I will be my ideas in my head today until they become reality is sitting down and negotiating what's best for everybody. Look, there's a lot of good people on council. There's been a lot of good people in the past. It was getting the ideas and the beliefs that they had to fruition. It's getting from there to where we need to go. I believe I'm the guy who's going to carry the ball, the balance of the distance, where we all unite, because I think unity is important. Obviously, you're not getting anywhere without five votes. But even putting that aside, once you get that unity and you get you got the, the, the citizens of our community coming together and giving them the opportunity to have a say and giving them the opportunity to be involved, that's to me is what's going to change our game it's not going to be about people talking about how they hate what council's doing and hate the mayor and hate what's happening. I want these people to come together. Listen, you can sit across the desk from me. I, I say the story about uh, um, Mayor Stewart. When I had a, believe it or not, back in the er, in the 80s, I ended up having a parking ticket and I got to know Mayor Stewart because we had a business downtown on Bernard Avenue. And one day I got this parking, parking ticket that I didn't believe I deserved. 
And I was so upset. I walked in there, and he never, there was no separation. You could just walk right up. And I said to his secretary, look, I need to see Mayor Stewart. And she's like, whoa, okay. And you could see I was heated. I walked in, and, and I, he looked at me and goes, Dave. And I go, hey. And he goes, what can I do for you? I said, I, and I started ranting about this ticket. And he said, Dave, relax. Sit down. Give me the ticket. I'll deal with the ticket. I don't know what it was, five, eight bucks, whatever it was. And, um, and I, I loved the fact that I, as a citizen, could actually go there, could knock on the door and say, I'd like to see the mayor. I think that is important. Okay. I think that it should be an open door policy, not like it is now where there's a locked glass door, you can't get in and you got to book an appointment. Look, I believe that if as a taxpaying citizen, you're in, I want to hear what you have to say. And if I can't, if I, if I can't help you, I will find somebody who can. If I can't make the change, I will spend every waking hour getting you to where you need to go. That's my job. I, as much as I say to people, I get it. I know what I'm heading into a ton of time. Uh, you'll probably see me in the office two or three in the morning. That's fine. I'm, I'm prepared for that. And, but what I'm, what I'm hopeful of, and I, I hope people understand, that you're not going to get somebody who's going to work harder for you on even the simplest issue. Like the simplest issue. Just bring it to me. Let me deal with it. If I can't deal with it, I believe nobody can. If I can't convince counsel to see things the way that we should based on the dialogue with the community, then we're in the wrong place. And if I can't make a change, please don't leave me there and I won't stay there. I'm, I, I really mean that. If I can't make your life better and, and, and be able to communicate with you, I will sit down with, if there's 160,000 citizens, I'll sit down with each and every one of you. I'll play with your kids and I'll talk to you because I really want your life to be better. And sometimes it, all it is is a hug and you knowing that I can't change it, but I'm here for you. I believe that. I know that. Uh, you know, we, we now have a mayor. This is the first mayor since Mayor Stewart that I've never sat across from. This is the first superintendent of the RCMP that I've never sat across from. I've sat across from every other superintendent for the last 30, 20, 30 years. And so I find it very difficult that they can't even make time to communicate with somebody who does so much for our community that I feel bad for the citizens who aren't as aggressive as I am to try and get results. I will say in every battle I've had, I have never lost including against the provincial government. Most people don't know that. I'm not a public guy. I don't go run around town and say things. But I will say, when it comes to the livelihoods, of, when it comes to the well-being of members of our community and your children, no one will work as hard as I can. I'm not going to sit here and say I'm going to do this for 10 years because I don't believe in that, you know, or eight years anyway. I'm not interested. I'm hoping to mentor someone in my four years of being there, that will come in and take over and follow that lead and just have that little bit of aggressive fight and not back down. There's no reason to back down from anybody. You know, that's the concern I have. I, I understand people want to play nice and communicate, but why back down? You're fighting for 160,000 people that need you. It's your job to get out there and fight on their behalf. That's who, that's who I am. That's what I'll do. So with... With this, when we start talking about, uh, this is a job interview, uh, this is the citizens of Kelowna interviewing Dave Habib about the, the job, the top job, what, what don't you do well? Because I mean, from my standpoint, when I look at, uh, sometimes my, uh, my time management is suspect, that's for sure. 
what what do you not do well so that people have a well-rounded view of of Mr. Rabib? There's a lot I do that I don't do well. I'll be honest with people. I'm not I'm only human. I make mistakes probably 10 a day even at my age now. What I try to tell people, if I make 10 mistakes a day, those are learning experiences. I never take them as a loss. I take it as an education. And right now, the cost of education is expensive. And I say this. I may not be the uh, time management for me is definitely one of those things because I, I try to share myself in too many directions at the same time. Uh, I'm going to have to be surrounded by a couple of girls that can respond to emails and do the things. And I'm prepared to do to, I'm prepared to take money out of my own pocket and I'm being truthful. I'm prepared to take the mayor's salary and divvy it up to wages amongst others to help me do my job better. I don't care if I don't take a dime home. I really don't. I want to be able to provide what I can for the people in this community. And that might be I need to surround myself with a lot of experts in certain areas where I'm weak that can respond to my emails, that can take, uh, can deal with phone conversations and meetings. But I can tell you, I will be there for every citizen, even though I have these people on the periphery that are helping me out. So let's uh let's look in the crystal ball let's say you uh you're lucky enough you get enough votes to get across the finish line what does Kelowna look like in in four years with you at the helm i can tell you this Kelowna looks a lot happier there's a lot less crime i'm hoping that we can put some things into play with our infrastructure look i i've said this a lot because i drive down lakeshore going to to work every day and i often see in the summertime people turning off the lakeshore onto highway 97 going left and trying to to go across the bridge and i've always questioned why the light at abbott is there okay why are we turning left at city park go down to ellis turn left go into the city core if you want to go to the park go to the park but that light you take that one light away because people try to turn left, but the traffic's already backed up going down 97. But if you took that one signal, that one light away, I'm telling you, you would save minutes and minutes and minutes of everybody's time in a day. And you sit down and you look at certain areas where you could have an overpass. We're at that stage now where things need to change and it can't be little changes. You gotta make a drastic change. I mean, I can say this, I actually believe there are businesses, I mean, locations in our community like gordon drive where an overpass wouldn't hurt us you know it's a main it's a four lanes it's main road why why are we stopping traffic there why do we have a traffic light when you get on the west side why are there certain traffic lights there that don't need to be there we can build overpasses we can change the way we look at things we can have a rail transit the system that goes from from here to West Bank, from here to Glen Rosa. Let's do it. Let's make changes. This is not. This is the number one fastest growing city in the country. It is one of the most sought after places to live. And all we have to do is come up with some new idea, like you know, uh, uh, which I have a few. You know, container homes that can go in backyards that are there on a rental basis that the people don't have to build or spend anything. All we have to, all I have to do is find a company that's prepared to build container homes, drop them in the backyard, connect them up to sewer and water and power, and that's it. The tenant gets 50%, the company gets 50%. We can make changes to allow these people that are trying to, when you got six university kids living in a two bedroom apartment, we don't have to live like that. No one should have to live like that. And so we as a community can make a change. We just have to accept certain things. And we have to, 
I think we as citizens need to take more control and take things away from the city. If we're putting these people in power and they're not giving us what we want, we need to get rid of them. Plain and simple. If I can't make a difference, kick my butt down the road. I don't care because my goal is to make a difference. And if we can't make it so you can live with a smile on your face and every day is such a terrible place to be, a, a terrible moment, get rid of us. Does the, <clears throat> does the office intimidate you at all? The office doesn't intimidate me because I believe I will surround myself with experts like you who can help me get to where I need to go on a regular basis. Our community is full, so full of people that have the capabilities to make this city amazing. I just, just even looking back at guys like Ron Matusi and you got Ryan Smith in the city and you got certain people, there is a lot of knowledge there. Okay. I just believe this. The city really wants to do what the city does. The city wants to follow their vision. I think we need to take a step back and follow the people's vision. And it doesn't matter what the city does. If the citizens aren't happy, we're not getting anywhere. If they can't, if they don't have a roof over their heads, they can't afford to eat, and they're spending two hours in traffic trying to get home to spend every, every hour you spend on the road, that's an hour you take away from being with your family. I learned a long time ago as a volunteer that every hour I give to kids in the community, I take away from my own kids. I will say this, the most important thing I ever learned at being a coach, even at the provincial and national level, I learned to be way more patient as a parent. I learned to be a better parent by being a coach. And I also learned that it's imperative to spend time with your children. Thank God all of my kids, regardless of age, uh, are in the, in my neighborhood or in our, on our property. So it was that's a big big plus when you can s see your family every single day and your mom and dad live next door to you right till the end there's no greater gift in the world you're not taking anything with you stash your millions away go ahead but isn't it better if we make other people's lives better with our money i believe it is so in in your eyes do you have a shot at this this uh, mayor's office or or is this just uh a ploy to, to get some profile. I absolutely believe I have a chance. I really believe. I think this. If I'm if I'm thinking clearly, and being truthfully honest right now, I think they're the ones going to be chasing me. I really believe that because there are a lot of people in this community whose lives I've touched over the 40, 40 plus years that I've been here. And I mean a lot. I've seen a lot of people cry from all ages of life, male and female, and I've been there for so many. And I can tell you that when you go, when you live a life like mine and you're so blessed, sorry. When you live a life like mine and you're so blessed to have interaction with so many different individuals, you can't help but believe that they believe not only were you able to help them then, you're going to help them more now or you're sure going to give it your all. I just want to say uh, this has been an absolute pleasure, Mr. Habib, and I want to say that uh, I, I wish you luck in uh, the upcoming civic election and I hope that uh, your words, like today's words, uh, a lot of people listen, because I don't know if, uh, if you get the attention, but I, I really do uh, wish you the best in the civic election. Thank you very much. I, I'm looking forward to winning, and I'm looking forward to ha having you at the uh, mayor's dance that they have this year. <laughs>